0: Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. It's League Cup semi-final weekend with four teams one game away from the first final of the season. Will it be an all Glasgow final? Will it be an all Edinburgh final? Or will it be an East vs West Dramash? Hibs and Hearts are the big underdogs especially after what happened in midweek. Wednesday was a bad night to be a fan of Edinburgh football and a great night to be Jack Ross. More on that shortly. Oh yes! Aberdeen, Killy and Motherwell show their teeth in the Premiership on Saturday as well. And it's a big weekend in the Championship. We look ahead to third versus first as Inverness Cali come up against Lawrence Shankland or Dundee United as they're officially known. I'm officially known as Andrew Slavin, but we're recording this on Halloween night, so let's go for Halloween style names like they used to do in the Simpsons. I'm Andrew Slavin. And alongside me in the studio from the Telegraph, it's JJ Ghoul. And from Copper 90, it's frightening fin marks.
1: Oh, that's that's uh, is that the best one? What did you what go what? on then? Uh, coffin Marks. Coffin marks. Coffin that's good. marks. Or that is better actually. Fin teeth marks. I don't know. Who would make it into your Halloween XI? Of Scottish football. I was having a bit of... A as in, like, it. horrible players? No, I, like, Connor Gouldson or oh, Ryan Jack yeah. the Ripper. Oh, that's <laughs> or good. Or Mikey Lynn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Odson Edward Scissorhands. Oh, my God, that's really... Oh, keep going, please. Have you got a list of these? Gary Dickerman.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: this is amazing. Sean Clairwolf. These are uh, good. Not, not quite as good. Blair Olsen Project. <laughs> um, I thought actually The best one that I thought When I was The Blair Alston project really good. <laughs> and that's the podcast Oh no uh, it's about This deep. one's a bit of a stretch But I think this was The best one I came up with uh, to drink your blood Cole, At uh, Motherwell Yeah I like that too uh, I
2: like
0: that more Because you gave a bit Of drama to it A bit of acting skills And
1: it's managed by Paul Hickingbottom Well <laughs> I was thinking It could be managed by Halloween Cathro Because he was a bit Of a nightmare I like in that In Yeah. Castle yeah. Or actually I think The best one that I came up with At all was um, Jim Duffy the Vampire Slayer
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes Oh that's fantastic It's hard to follow that But St Johnston are going to follow it Because we're going to shout out to them Because they don't play this weekend So we're not even going to talk about them And after they'd won as well This time last week they were bottom Zero wins Since then they've beaten Hamilton and Hutz They've moved up four places They're now eighth Uh, So they're staying up guys As long as they continue to play teams That begin with the letter H They'll be fine. Well, they've got Hibs up next, so... Ah, there you go! There you go. go. And they kept their first clean sheet of the season against Hearts on Wednesday. That defeat had dire consequences for Hearts. Many of us didn't see it coming, including Michael Stewart. Hearts' run
2: of form is relegation form. This isn't just a flash in the pan. This is a long-term decline that's been going on at the club. it's not good enough.
0: Here's losing out. And that pass goes astray.
2: He's got the safest job in world football, how do you go about having a discussion about removing the manager when he's involved in those discussions?
3: Regrets, Norse could laugh on him.
0: Yes, at four o'clock on Thursday, Hearts announced that Craig Levine had been relieved of first team duties and was no longer manager. It's the story of the week in Scottish football, so Stefan Bienkowski from BBC Sport joins us now. Stefan, why do you think Anne Budge and the board have decided to take this step just three days before a League Cup semi final against Rangers?
3: I think there's a kind of sense of inevitability about it. Um and maybe the you know the straw that broke the camel's back, if you want to call it, is um was probably the fans um, behaviour and their own reaction in, in, in recent games, uh, you know, the St Johnson game midweek and um, we had calls from the away end of Craig Levine to resign Mm -hmm. echoing through a pretty empty stadium. And, you know, I think there was some graffiti that had been sprayed outside Tyne Castle Park. And I think Anne Budge, she's always struck me as quite a pragmatic woman. And I think she realized herself that pretty early on she'd kind of coupled herself with Levine, Mm -hmm. you know, come hell or high water. And unfortunately it was getting to the point now where maybe it got to the point where she realized look, if, if we don't make a change here, she might have to follow him out the door. And and I guess if you want to look at it from a kind of tactical point of view, you can maybe make the argument that the semi-final on Sunday, it's not a nice thing to maybe suggest in, about Scottish football, but, but there's not really any pressure on Hearts to go out there and get results. So, you know, I think Austin McFee's may take taking charge, but it, it's a game in which no real damage can be done now and it's, it gives them a weekend or maybe an extra week to get their head in order.
1: Losing to St. Johnson on Wednesday means that Hearts are 11th in the table. A year ago, they were top. What what do you think has gone wrong in the past 12 months?
3: Uh, Two words, Stephen Naismith. Um, (laughs) uh, It's not really nice to suggest that teams can be these kind of one-man teams, but I, I, I struggle to think of a football club in any division in Europe in the modern game that have just so spectacularly came apart. Um, With the demise of one player, Um, you could almost go right back to a specific moment in a specific game when Naismith went off injured uh, eight minutes into the semi-final against Celtic, which was, for listeners who aren't aware, that was a year ago on Monday, so the start of this week. And, you know, their form before and after that was just absolutely staggering. They went from something like a win ratio of 67% before that to about 25% after that. There was something about Naismith that really seemed to drag that team forward. And I think Hearts have always looked quite good, good-ish defensively under Craig Levine. But without Naismith, they looked absolutely hopeless up front. And um, they were never able to really recover from that.
0: We should say Levine is is staying at the club, on the board at least, until the end of the season. But where where do the boards go from here? Who do they go for next? We mentioned Jack Ross in our intro. He knows Hearts well. He used to coach there.
3: Is he the standout candidate? I think he's probably going to be the name that dominates the back pages and the gossip comms between now and then. And it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he maybe is the man who comes into the the fold. I think Stephen Robinson's the other one who's been linked. And I think he's done an outstanding job at Motherwell. And, you know, he's had to not only has has he managed to do so well at Motherwell, but he's managed to do that well probably having to rebuild the squad two or three times and each time he's came back and done an almost a better job And as anyone who watches Scottish football season will know they're they're flying once again so he he was linked with the job Few months ago, um, I wouldn't be surprised if those kind of rumours came circulating again. And I think either of them would be quite exciting opportunities for Hearts. You know, I think there's maybe a little awareness to going back down the kind of Ian Catherwell route of going for a young manager who's a, maybe a bit more of an idealist rather than a bit of experience on his CV. But maybe that's exactly what Hearts need. I think they really need to find a coach with new ideas. They certainly need a coach who can get a team scoring goals and creating attacking chances because this Hearts team look very, very blunt and really out of ideas under Craig Levine.
4: The minimum they should be looking for is maybe third, but Aberdeen pretty much have had that quite tight for a while now. So then they're looking at fourth, but fans will just at the moment want them to not be so terrible to watch and to get some like, some points on the board. It's, 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 they're in a relegation battle. Well, it's, th- it's, it's more fearful than that. They, in, but they could be staring at another relegation you can't possibly get a team stable and progress if it's all up in the air if like fans are against you the entire time and you came out the back of like, like the Castro era into Levine and then there was about three months where it looked quite good so then you think the next manager ever comes in will need to be given time <laughs> do you think um, do you think it's like at all harsh on Levine getting chopped at this point of the season having had the injury problems he's had do you think maybe the season could have gone very differently had there not been those problems
3: yeah there, there does seem to be a, my immediate sense was to feel sorry for him when he did get I mean you obviously yeah. can't do when anyone loses their job but yeah. and, and I think whenever he did talk about um, injuries he was being very sincere you know you listen to interviews with him he talks about players having to I think for example with Suter it took maybe three or four different specialists to figure out what was wrong with them mm-hmm. um, Peter Haring had to go back to Austria for specific stuff Naismith's recurring injuries uh, are well documented but I think the bottom line there is that you know, Hearts are one of the biggest clubs in Scotland. They probably have the third biggest wage budget in Scotland at this moment in time, I think I'm right in saying. Um, they might have overtaken Aberdeen. And I think if you want to maybe draw a comparison between Craig Levine and Derek McInnes, I think both have had to deal with the same kind of financial pressure and having to get a lot out of very little at times. But I think the difference is that Derek McInnes is actually quite good at really getting players to run through walls for him. And, you know, he can play a fullback in midfield and he'll do his best. Maybe not the best time to mention these things when they did recently <laughs> get thumped off Celtic. But by and large, um, he can kind of take, you know, a very average player like Sam Cosgrove and get him scoring goals for him. He can take a young player like Scott McKenna and turn him into a world beater. He's done the same with McLean. He's done the same with Shinny, for example. He's proved that if you give him average players, he can turn them into good players. I'm not quite sure Craig Levine did that at Hearts, to be honest with you. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show
1: in association with Paddy Power. Amaruso that's a run. It's Adam! <laughs>
0: Stiff Adam for Hearts! It's a blunder by Amaruso. And Adam makes Rangers pay! Hearts are looking to channel the spirit of '98 when Stefan Adam scored the winner in the Scottish Cup final against the same opponents. All because Amar let it run. We're joined now by the man named after that very moment, Amarusso Lets It Run, on Twitter and YouTube. Look, many Hearts fans have wanted Levine out the door. Were you one
2: of them? I was. Uh, after after the summer, I felt that it was time for a change. Uh, My biggest concern, and I still think this is why there's no reason for a Hearts fan to really celebrate quite yet, is that this was the first step towards sort of exercising the problem that's going on at the club. I think this has been a collaborative. Uh, sort of failure so I think that there's still elements of what's been going wrong still existing at the club in the form of the coaching staff as well so I think Craig has been merely a a bit of a public figure uh, and a sort of you know just a face to put towards the sort of committee of coaches that have been running the club over the last couple of years so I'm afraid as much as I don't want to be the harbinger of doom I think that today's just the first step towards sort of ripping off this band-aid
0: Yes, the the morale amongst the fans is isn't great. I mean Hearts are the only team that hasn't won at home yet in the Premiership this season and and then you've got a big game ahead this weekend.
2: Yeah, that's right and I I think in terms of progress I don't think you're going to be able to see an an immediate response to the change today. So I think in terms of Sunday I think the club and the fans especially will be galvanized to a certain extent but Ultimately we're playing very much an informed Rangers and on a different sort of level to, you know, the, the pitch that we were playing them on the other week there where Tynecastle's castle's tight, you know, you can suffocate teams, you can sort of negate teams sort of width and their creativity. I think on a bigger park like Hamden, we're gonna find that a lot more difficult this time round.
0: Is is has Levine kind of ruined his legacy at the club? You know, part of the part of the consortium that came in to take them out of the championship back into the Premiership, obviously his second um, spell in charge of the club um, started well enough. But has all that good work been ruined?
2: I think a lot of the good work will bear fruit a few years down the line in terms of how he's you know changed the infrastructure within youth development. You know, starting from ages you say 9 and 10 upwards so it's going to take a few years for that to bear fruit and potentially his legacy may sort of you know, come back round at that stage but I think in the short term it has taken somewhat of a knock and again because he's still there in an advisory role to the end of the season we don't know what sort of level of influence he's going to have over the, the new hopefully external appointment that's going to come in as well over the next few weeks.
1: Who are some of the people that you'd like to see linked to the job? Who would you like to see to come in?
2: Myself personally, I'd like to see uh, Stephen Robinson coming from Motherwell, and just purely for the fact that he's been able to, first of all get results through playing more industrious football and having target men like, you know, Curtis Main and Connor Salmon playing for him. But once he lost those players, he's been able to change their style of play this season and become more attractive to watch. So he's clearly someone who can adjust to not just, you know, financial constraints, but also sort of changing his maybe his philosophy around the players that he's got at his disposal. So I think those are very good traits. But as has been proven before we Motherwell managers in the past who have done well there. You know, you take Terry Butcher as an example at Hibbs and Mark McGee at Aberdeen. doesn't always seem to transfer itself onto a bigger club, unfortunately.
4: And how do you feel about um, Austin McPhee being in charge for the semi-final? And do you think, like, say it goes well and he gets a few results in a row and then the talk would obviously inevitably be, well, maybe give him a, a chance? Is that something that you would be for?
2: I have I have to be completely honest I wouldn't be for it and I just think just purely because the perception would still be amongst a, a large majority of the fans that there's still an influence there by Craig Levine and yeah. mm-hmm. that advisory yeah. role I do think that it needs to be an external appointment and again that's in defence of Craig Levine I think given his health scare last year and the fact that I think he took the manager's job on a couple of years ago to protect this sort of bootroom legacy that he wanted to instill at the club where coaches came through a system alongside the players... I think that he took on the, the public face of manager, but that the likes of McPhee, Liam Fox, John Daly were actually running quite a lot of things, especially in terms of the coaching and the training. So yeah. I do think they've been part of the problem, unfortunately. It's not to say that they're bad coaches. I just think it hasn't meshed well as a as a collaborative effort at Timecastle, unfortunately.
0: So what's your, what's your hope for, for this Sunday? Are many of the fans looking at this change maybe giving you a, a chance
2: I think it's it's almost just to sort of act as a springboard to get results of the week. So I suppose the best thing is just to see, you know, if it is going to lead to a change in shape or style, uh, see what sort of effect that has on the players. Because I think the players do have to bear a... a you know, a part of the responsibility for what's been going on as well. Far too many of the players have shrunk in those maroon jerseys since some of the bigger characters have went out through injury. So, ever since Stephen Naismith and that have sort of struggled to sort of get fit, there's been certain other players who, you know, were flourishing alongside Naismith that seem to have sort of reverted into their shell. So, I think I'd like to see some of those players almost sort of express themselves in a more creative manner and hopefully that'll lead to more positive results.
0: So guys, Rangers, it's kind of crunch time for for Gerrard, isn't it? I think we had Chris Sutton say that um, whoever wins the league out of Celtic and Rangers, um, one of those managers will go. But if Stevie G wins a trophy, he'll probably stay regardless of the league. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I don't don't think it's quite that um, final for Stevie G. I think if he doesn't win the league this season, but he does win a trophy, I think he's got quite a lot of... um, Goodwill from the Rangers board and the Rangers support. So uh, I don't think so. I think if Neil Lennon were to not win the league title this season, it might be um, slightly more sorry. precarious for him.
4: Yeah, Gerrard. I mean, he's basically been lined up for the Liverpool job after Jurgen Klopp. That seems to be the long-term plan. But why Ars would Klopp leave there anytime soon? They really could win the title this season, mm-hmm. and that would be a real achievement for Steven Gerrard he does absolutely, that absolutely of course um, but the, also the important thing is he's getting European management experience which I think is invaluable and if he does that, another season of that say he wins a league and gets a Champions League that's, that'd be enormous that'd be huge and again that would put his stock really high so Liverpool board
0: might think oh this is actually a real candidate are you, are you basically looking at Steven in the fact that We're first, for, first him, in name terms. for him for him, to get the Liverpool job he has to win this trophy is that not maybe disheartening for Rangers fans that they know that oh well, he's going to win a, if he wins a trophy he gets a Liverpool job and just leaves us. no but then I mean are not going to leave Liverpool anytime soon I,
4: I think he'd be at least there another two three years or something but I mean it's clear that all Steven Gerrard really wants to do is manage Liverpool <laughs> like he goes to Liverpool games all the time he plays in all these like, charity games for them all the time his Instagram is just Liverpool stuff yeah. Like, it's like he's doing a, like oh yeah, but I, I manage this, this team up the road, by the way, some now and again. But I mean, I am Liverpool, like, through and through. I don't think it's a bad thing. They've got clearly a talented coach who's making players better, who has uh, established Rangers as a title challenger, and they're a lot better than they were. But I, I don't, I mean, Neil Lennon won't leave if they win a, a trophy. I don't know where Chris Sutton's getting that from. He well, must know something that everyone was- else doesn't.
0: It was Gerrard's fiftieth win as Rangers manager. It was four 0 at Ross County on Wednesday night, three 0 at half time, and they were impressive, weren't they, Finn?
1: Really impressive. I, I, I don't think the ball—not to be unkind to Ross County—but I don't think the ball even went into the Rangers half for most of the game. Like, and um, for me, it was an absolutely colossal performance from Ryan Jack that kind of like spurred. Ranges onto onto that performance Because he was From about five minutes in He was unplayable I I saw on Twitter Someone put out When
0: did Ryan Jack Become Kevin De
1: Bruyne (laughs) It's interesting because I think it was either last week or the week before, JJ, you were saying that you think uh, Ryan Christie is uh, you know kind of nailed on for player of the year. I think yeah. Ryan Jack's probably his biggest competition. I think he's been absolutely phenomenal for Rangers this season. If,
0: if he adds always goals,
1: maybe. No, I don't think he does because he doesn't need to add goals because his, his role. I mean, he's more of an eight now than a
4: six, but he does play the six quite a lot for Rangers. I've always thought Jack was brilliant. I thought he was so important. to The best Aberdeen team under McInnes was when Jack was there, I think and the link between defense and field and Aberdeen fans never seem to really understand why he was so good cuz he didn't do an awful lot but what he does is a lot of clever things off the ball always in the right place like he helps the team defend without you know without possession just the way he moves keeps everything neat and tidy and uh, gets stuck in like his the, the two like those goals that he's putting into the top corner from range are really like that's composure technique right place right time I, would, I think I think he should be playing for Scotland. <laughs> well, I agree. The thing. I, he, I think he should be in the Scotland. So he, he's he, like one of the only natural like holding yeah. link men. So he can get. Yeah. So
0: Ryan Jack, um, he he spoke to the Athletic um, back in September while he was on duty for Scotland, and after a few training ses- sessions, he was saying that Steve Clark was trying him out at right back.
4: But, <laughs> but that's he used to that. be right back for Aberdeen.
0: Okay. So he but, came,
4: when he came through the youth, he, he was a right back
0: or a midfielder. But he's. Much better in midfield. Well, yeah, of course he
4: <laughs>
0: he's not played it at all. But it's so an if you see him for Scotland, you don't want to see him right back. Well, but you do see him at right
4: back for Rangers, but not from the starting lineup. Yeah, that's but right. When I that goes forward in
0: Europe, wasn't it? He so, does it yeah. quite
4: a lot. Yeah. When Tavernier goes forward, you need to cover that space, and Jack's the one that drops in and on that side of the pitch. The positional awareness is superb, and that's something that's very hard to coach. I think some people just have
0: it, a lot of people don't. But Jack's certainly one of those. Rangers have definitely got goals this season. Morelos and Defoe have scored a combined 31 of them this season. Um, They don't play together, but they complement each other in the fact that Morelos can score two goals and Defoe can come on and be just as dangerous.
1: I think it's one of those things where, you know, if you're a a top flight defender and you're having to mark either Defoe or Morelos for... 70 minutes and you're absolutely knackered and then you look at the substitution spence and one of the other ones is coming on you, you know, it's got to be terrifying And I, I, but I think as well I think Defoe part of the, rain, the reason the Rangers brought him in one was, he was it's a huge experience I mean, he's one of the all time top goal scorers in the, in the English Premier League but I think you can see the effect now that he's having on Morelos as a striker. You could, Morelos is unimproved striker from last season, and not, uh, not just in the obvious sense of his kind of discipline problems from last season, which, which he looks like he's really learned from. But just the the way that he plays in the team. And uh, there was a brilliant bit last night where I was doing the rounds on Twitter today, where I know what you're gonna say? Yeah. It, he just missed a chance for his hat chicken and he was getting substituted, and he basically he d- didn't miss a chance. It was directly after he scored his second goal. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, he, <laughs> Sorry. but he looks at the bench and he's getting sub. Offered Defoe, and he basically is like, "Oh, for f- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I don't like him off," you know, in in Spanish in his head. Uh, it's but, good that it, it cuts.
0: <laughs> it cuts to Gerard and Defoe who's coming on from him, and even they're smiling. Both of them are smiling. Yeah, yeah, funny so,
1: but it's I, I think as well. It, it, just on the the performance, I think as well, it would be really encouraging for Rangers, especially on an evening where Celtic won, but maybe didn't win by as many goals as people thought they might to get another couple of goals back and the goal differences. And to see the performances, I thought Arabo and Ojo, who have been kind of hit and miss in recent weeks, uh, both of them were fantastic last night. And it kind of gives uh, Stephen Jared a good selection headache ahead of the weekend, like should they be included or whatever. So uh, I think you'll be really happy with the Well, they're quite different
4: players as well. And I think that helps because you can change the way that your attacks are built. Exactly. If Morels likes to get in behind, Defoe likes to turn up just slightly later and ghost in in front of you and it's very useful having two different strikers like that in your well, team.
0: Rangers have answered a lot of questions um, going on the road. There was question marks after the Hearts game because they were quite poor um, but they followed that up with an amazing performance in Porto and they might see a familiar face on the road when they go to Rotterdam. Because Yapstam's left Feyenoord And Dick Advocat has taken charge He's ripped out the backroom team And um,
1: that'll be an interesting one One of my favourite things I remember hearing Was uh, Andy Gorin being interviewed And um, the guy just simply said Now Andy, can we just talk about Dick Advocat? And he goes, yep, that's my mum's two favourite things
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well these can be truly great occasions The first silverware of the
0: season is up for grabs It's Glasgow v Edinburgh It's time to show your colours Yes, that is me That is my voice Annoying all of you on BT Sport promos this weekend As much as I'm annoying you now um, I thought I'd double up on it But the first silverware of the season Really is up for grabs Saturday's (laughs) Betfred Cup semi-final Pits Paul Hickingbottom Against the man he replaced at Easter Road Neil Lennon and Celtic Hibs were actually the first team to take a point from Celtic this season. What can they take from that 1-1 draw at Easter Road six weeks ago? What needs to happen for them to go one step further?
4: Oh, like, There's very little. I mean, <laughs> they didn't like take them on and really give the game to them. Take them to the cleaners! It, <laughs> uh, scored, like, the goal they scored was an own goal. It, G- it's G- surprising G- to me that Levine was the one that went first. But I guess it's because of the fans have been going really hard at him. I but, think he- Heckenbottom's really but, in a bit of trouble.
0: But I've, have, have particularly on Wednesday night's performance, when Hibernian went 2-0 down, to come back from that and finish 2-2, as much as the boos were obvious to hear in the in the ground, it showed some sort of fight back that maybe you haven't seen under hearts. Are the players playing for Paul Heckenbottom, Finn?
1: I, I still think so. Like uh, Watching the game against Livy, I actually couldn't believe Livy took a two-goal lead because in the first half, I thought Hibs were actually pretty good. They could definitely be accused quite a lot this uh, season so far of kind of kamikaze defending. I thought the Livy goals were kind of a bit fortuitous. It was like, a, you know, a, a Stephen Wallace. Stephen was a bit of a, yeah, d- a deflection. Yeah. yeah. And then the,
0: the, the Craig Sybil goal was through a lot of bodies, yeah. so it was quite difficult. But,
1: but like you're saying, like to to. to have the fight to come back from 2-0 from down uh, I think they were a bit lucky with the penalty I didn't think there was a huge amount in it but Yeah I think that was very fortunate but over the piece I did think Hibs were, were valued for at least a point there so I think the other thing about this kind of game is it's a cup game Like so you you, you, you just don't know uh, if things can happen I think you know maybe going into the Scottish Cup final at the at the end of last season, I don't think many people gave Hearts much of a prayer, but they they were equal to Celtic for most of the game, and it was really only some brilliance from Edward that kind of won the game. So, if Celtic aren't on it, and uh, you know Hibbs kind of it just clicks on the day, you don't know because it's a semi final, but I would suspect. Celtic would. Oh, there's just there's just
4: no way. Like it's, I mean, sometimes you get teams that pull off a shock win against one of the old firm. I think the Aberdeen with Rangers last season was a good example where you can do it if you're matching. But I think Rangers were just a different like animal to what they are this yeah. year. Celtic are Celtic. How many games have they lost in cups for the last like three four years? None. Well, so yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. So and exactly, it's exactly what Fincher said. They have to have an off day and Hibs have to play out of their skin. And I've not seen anything really... Like, the one-all draw, I think you could say, is just a thing that happens now and again in a league when you just let... You know, you can try and keep Celtic quiet. But when they're fired up, I mean, they were so good against Aberdeen. And I don't don't think they were even trying that hard. (laughs) If they turn up and are in any sort of form against Hibs,
0: they will win the the game. The the, the difficulty for Hibs is that they like to play football. And when... Teams try to play football against a Celtic team that plays mostly better football yeah. than other teams. Then yeah. you're going to struggle. But I think y- what St Mirren showed on Wednesday night was that if you're you're tight and you're compact at the back and you're very very organised, you can frustrate Celtic. And the best you can do is frustrate them and force mistakes out of them.
4: I try and get a counter goal, but then the thing is, it's all about balance, right? Because then if you if you just sit in the, in the sit back in your own half near your own box, like defensive line as deep as you can get, you're just inviting them onto you. And then like IR will just run with the ball
0: and use the overloads all the time well yeah i mean celtic took the lead quite luckily off of i think it was El elunissi and it was just one of those where eduard hit it outside the box it came off the post the hit off ryan christie and it landed perfectly for um for elunissi just to tap it in and then you win the psychological war there in that in that aspect um because then they went on to get a a second a little bit later on the other
4: thing which is useful as well is if you're sitting back and um hitting shots with 30 yards all the time like you know you're going to have uh, Malin doing that and Scott Allen's had a few pingers flying as well. Yeah. That's really useful because if you can sit and frustrate and then take one of those lucky chances, like it, I mean, it is lucky to a degree that they actually would be so low in a shot from 30 yards, but mm-hmm. that's something they can definitely do. And I think like, clearly like good players make a difference and make a team better and uh, I don't think Heckenbottom's really figured out his strongest first 11 yet maybe he's getting there now like Ryan Porteous is back in the team he'll make a big difference I so really rate him highly and you've got like, Martin Boyle came and scored the equaliser in the... That, that first touch
0: oh yeah was, was awesome he takes it down I think it was um, I think it was Malin who just launched it forward kind of a nothing hope for yeah. Hail Mary I think was it was it, quite a for...
4: decent pass with the oh twist. was it yeah, yeah
0: cool <laughs> a looping pass um, but the first touch and finish from Martin Boyle was amazing we actually spoke to Rachel Boyle who plays for Hibs you know Martin had a Horrendous 2019. His, it was his second serious knee injury. He came back from that and he scored a goal. I think it might be a bit early to throw him into a cup semi-final. Probably,
4: though. but he definitely get some like 15, 20 minutes off out right, of him off the off the bench, and that could yeah. be what they do. I mean, it's a, quite a common strategy that you'll try and frustrate a team for as long as you can, and then just make sure you can give it everything in the final 15 because. In a cup game, you do get these random results and it does happen. And it could be that Celtic go into this thinking, we need to be fired up, but actually
0: this is going to be quite easy. So it, it just takes that one little slip up for them to go wrong. Well, we should mention Celtic are on for the quadruple treble, which it's just not as catchy as the treble treble. <laughs> um, but I think we're kind of, we think it's going to be a difficult day for Hibs. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, I, I, yeah. I'd,
1: I think Celtic, I mean, they're just, they're, you, I think you were saying the other week when um, when they were playing Ross County, they're kind of just irresistible. Like if they get into the mood and they just, they find that thing. And they're also, they're doing it quite a lot in matches where they have bursts. Like they're just unplayable for 15, 20 minutes. And that that's what killed Aberdeen. Because oh, yeah. he scored, was it four goals in like... 15 minutes I mean or a lot like of things killed it. Aberdeen <laughs> but, <laughs> um, absolutely but it, it, is, it is just that thing where if they're fired up and they're in the right mood I don't think anyone can live with them like you were saying Andrew like if their players if, are so much better yeah if a team wants to try and take on Celtic playing football Celtic will probably win because they have better footballers and can play it better but if, if it's a physical thing that they're taking to them and they're trying to frustrate them and spoil their tactics that's where teams have got a little bit of a, an in
0: we can't judge Paul Heckingbottom on this game in the sense that If they lose He should go well, No of course not That's, no. that's a nonsensical thing To, to think No right? I mean I think you, <laughs> The only reason you could Sack a manager for one game Is if he lines
4: up As like a uh, Like one goalkeeper And everyone all on the left wing Like sometimes you do in For a laugh in FIFA You know when you're drunk Did
0: you ever see that the, the Sampdoria game About three or four years ago When the chairman I can't remember his name Of Sampdoria Forced his manager To put all ten players For kickoff On the halfway line And then just to kick it up front, and then they all just steamrolled forward, all ten players. I like it. It was hilarious. Did it work? Check it out. If you haven't seen it, just type in um, Sampdoria crazy kickoff. (laughs) Into, Into Google. That's what Hibs should do. Scottish
4: teams have a long and proud history of success in Europe. Celtic, champions in 67. Aberdeen, UEFA Cup winners in 83, beating Real Madrid in the final. And it'll continue this season with... uh, Oh, no, wait, Celtic are out after losing at home to... uh, Kluge. But thankfully, with Paddy Power's money-back specials, not all your mistakes cost you as much. Get money back as a free bet on football every week. See on site for the latest. Paddy Power, home of the money-back special. Selected markets only. T's and C apply. 18plus.
3: On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy News Media. It's
0: not all about Cup semi-finals this weekend. The Premiership also moves on at a relentless pace. Two of last year's top four meet on Saturday. Aberdeen and Kilmarnock met four times last season. The Dons won both of their visits to Rugby Park, but neither of the games at Petaudry. This fixture tends to favour the away side, JJ.
4: Well, Kilmarnock had a long spell where they couldn't beat Aberdeen. They couldn't get points off of them. But then Steve Clark came along. He's a very good manager and he did some nice things. <laughs> Took to third place away from Aberdeen. On goal difference, yeah. But I mean, Kelly were good last season. Um, Aberdeen, uh, a much better performance against Hamilton on Wednesday night. Uh, it should have been about three or four up, I think, in the first half. Cosgrove was unlucky with a couple of nice first touches but missing a shot. And you'd think, like, coming back to Potaudry after getting absolutely pumped. I mean, that was a proper hiding. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Celtic, I don't think they didn't try hard in the second half out of like respect, to trying not to humiliate them, I just think they are just like just saving their energy. But if they yeah. wanted to; that could have been a nine, ten nil easily. It's, I mean, the McInnes out people on Twitter. I can't tell how <laughs> how real this actually is. People who want him out. It, it seems to be the same arguments all the time, and they just they're instant throwback to saying, "Well, who else would you get in?" Is like, Does it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, well, what would you change for that win against Celtic? Well it's just not my job. It's like that's <laughs> not, that's, I don't think it's very fair to call somebody out like that. Get a different approach against Killy. But yeah. like they've been impressive recently. I mean, obviously, they didn't have the best result on Wednesday night. It was a well, Motherwell beaten 2
0: 1. Yeah. But well, they, they, they were good. also 10 men as well because Alex Bruce was sent off. Looks like he was sent off for denying a clear goal scoring opportunity. But when you look at the
1: replays, it's quite clear he gets the ball. I think it was, he, he won the ball. So it shouldn't have been, I don't think it should even have been a foul. But if the referee is even seeing that as a foul under the new rules, he has made a very clear attempt to try and win the ball. And, and he's taken part of the ball as well But as potentially the man as well So I, I don't see how it could be a red
0: card A Do you see, you see
4: mistake in the
0: Scottish Premier oh. I know, I believe Well you see where the referee is positioned And I think he's actually obscured at, at seeing the incident I think all he sees is Alex Bruce sliding in And the ball doesn't deviate that much So he kind of sees that he slides in and the player goes down and he's just instinctively made that that decision.
1: That's where you're looking for your linesman to give you some support because he's got a much better
0: view. Absolutely. And you see in the replays that he gets the ball. So I think it is a big mistake there. Um, What about uh, Lewis Ferguson back in the team for Aberdeen and came back with a goal?
4: Well, this is part of the reason that Aberdeen fell apart against Rangers and against uh, Celtic. And have struggled in recent weeks Is that there's been no midfield So obviously I mean They lost Graham Shinney In the summer like, Absolutely huge He's now He's the top rated
0: player For Derby And who scored Is there ever going to be <laughs> a, a Scottish Football Podcast When we don't talk about Gra- or Well when you don't talk About Graham Shinney
4: Yeah I think if you go through All of our back catalogue <laughs> I'd really mention him actually We've got <laughs> and You don't You think we lose Maybe we won't Cause we've got Graham Shinney
0: I can't believe you said back catalogue. That's what it is. It's all in the <laughs> podcast machine.
4: Anyway, uh, Lewis Ferguson, uh, what's he, 20 years old now? 20, yes. He is such a good player. He is the next kind of uh, like Kenny McLean, Shinny that McInnes has produced. He. I mean, he's already a great player, I think. He's learning game by game. Yeah. Uh, gets stuck in likes a battle but the, the way he took his goal was superb it was a set piece that Aberdeen took quickly and Hamilton just took um, the, the slightest bit of a millisecond too long to react to his run and before the, the defender could get across him he was there and he launched it in the near post Um like Kelly keep clean sheets that's one of the things they do and then they I mean their top scorers was it Stephen O'Donnell and Gary Dicker correct yeah, right? two goals oh it's written season. down as well yeah there we go um, and you're off the top of my head but yeah that's the thing Aberdeen's main creative source I think is Niall McGinn who looks like he's lost a lot of his pace and it isn't quite the same player he was but he's still very creative which is why he keeps getting the team Ryan Hedges is back that makes a big difference for Aberdeen Craig Bryson's huge been back in the, back the team it looks like Zach Viner is now going to be a midfielder but I don't think Greg Lee needs to I don't think he should be a midfielder
0: again. Well, is there a bright future for Aberdeen, JJ? I'm teeing you up here. Um, please explain to us Aberdeen's new £12 million training ground. Oh, room, yes, Cormac officially Park. Officially opened by Sir Alex Ferguson himself. What did he do for Aberdeen? <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's mental when you think about Alex Ferguson. Did. Remember when Aberdeen beat Real Madrid? <laughs> like in a in a At European, European final. final
0: I wasn't born so and I was like it was no. two years
4: before me but <laughs> that I mean that's incredible that will never ever happen again and that's one of the things I think a lot of football fans need to remember that the game has changed a lot it's a different thing you know, a lot of doors are closed however this new training ground £12 million it's been spent as part of a whole development Abduin are doing, doing uh, out in, uh, in, in West Hill and it's quite far from this, from the where Pretodry is. It's not you know you can't walk it from the city centre to where the stadium's going to be. I mean it is far, <laughs> and the problem with buses is going to be a thing, especially when it's cold that like you don't want to be hanging about. But that's one of the things that will happen when the stadium's built. For now, the training ground makes a huge difference. So what they were currently doing was t- uh, the players would turn up at Pretodry, then they'd get a bus to uh to whatever pitch they were able to secure that day. They have to book it out. They maybe go to the sports village in Aberdeen, which is the university's campus, to, to train, in, especially in a, in cold weather. And then they would get kicked off of that when like the, like the hockey team would come along and put them off it because it's the university's. Mm-hmm. So you imagine what Derek McInnes has managed to do with Aberdeen without actual... <laughs> facilities and then so then they would go back to Potaudry to get their their lunch made up for them and then you just you know nutrition is very important and there's sports science stuff to do but the biggest thing apparently that will make a difference to Aberdeen is individual coaching and being able to if you have an idea or someone wants to do extra work and um, things like set pieces or just whatever you want to do individually that's what they can now do because they have pitches available to do it rather than having to I mean literally they were having to just book like an army barracks pitch at times or something, something like that it's madness and the other thing is that you can attract players to come and play for the club because that's a nice place to go to work.
0: <laughs> well, if that's a nice place to go to work. I
4: mean, it is a job, right? And you've got, you go to work and are like, oh god, I've got, to, like, <laughs> I've got to train where people take their dogs for walk. It's not really professional.
0: Time now then for the latest odds with our man Lee Price at Paddy Power it's Brett Fred Cup semi-final weekend everyone's expecting a Celtic Rangers final what are the odds of an all Edinburgh final
5: (laughs) I don't want to be too harsh on the Edinburgh teams but you can almost make it up yourself it's less than evens that the two Glasgow teams progress to the final and that actually starts to look a bit like value to me for an all Edinburgh line-up you're looking at closer to 100 to 1 wow Hibernian might enjoy distraction away from the league here but not for long they're around 11 to 1.
0: Lawrence Shankland has moved to 17 goals this season for Dundee United. It's the start of November, so how many will he score? 30, 40?
5: Yeah, this guy is on fire. As soon as the foot manager comes out, I'm buying him, no matter who I'm playing as. So for the goals, I asked the traders, and here's what they said for him to score 30 or more goals this season, it's 1 to 100. For Shanklin to get more than 40 goals this season, it's 1-5. Still odds on. To score 50 or more in all competitions, it's 7-4. And that's still a ridiculously short price, but I still totally buy it.
0: And finally, it's fair to say that Hamilton versus Ross County might not be getting a lot of love this weekend. So give us some odds for this one.
5: Well, actually, it might look like a good game on paper or indeed on grass. But for better, if you've got a hunch here, there's real value to be had. Hamilton are 8 5, Ross County are 13 8, and drawers 23 10, all much for much as those prices. No, we haven't relocated our trading floor to a fence, we just can't quite call a winner.
0: It's a big day at the top of the championship as third place Inverness Caledonian Thistle hosts leaders Dundee United tomorrow. Jamie Durant from The Press and Journal joins us now. Jamie, you watched Inverness win at the Mighty Queen of the South on Tuesday. It's a repeat of the opening day of the season. United won that 4 1. Lawrence Shankland with all four goals. Are Callies strong enough to deal with someone like Lauren Shankland?
6: They're gonna have to be if they're if they're kinda gonna stick with Dundee United at the top of the table and particularly kind of dealing with him on the opening day of the season proved. Problematic. I think John Robertson described it at the, t- at the time as a as a masterclass of of finishing, um, and particularly of late in those games against Alou and Morton, they have been prone to kind of the odd defensive error, which has cost them goals. But on Tuesday night, there were kind of signs that there was a lot a lot tighter. And I mean, everything kind of Queens did was through Stephen Doby. and I mean he was kind of uncharacteristically off colour. Um, so they kind of kind of need a similar performance, kind of defensively on. On Saturday to try and kind of shackle um, Shanklin and kind of give them the big the big result that they're looking for.
4: The financial situation at Cali Thistle is that I mean, this is kind of sounds kind of stupid, but do they need to be trying to get promoted this season to keep themselves in in business, not just you know just keep going? Is it something that's going to be resolved? Any information on that sort of situation?
6: I think, I think promotions. It was also kind of an immediate aim as soon as they got kind of relegated, but I think it's kind of getting more more kind of necessary now the longer they're in the championship. Obviously there's no kind of parachute payments this year and kind of cutbacks will kind of keep having to be made um kind of the longer they're in they're in the championship. They don't kind of have the like a wealthy backer like say Ross County had last year that kind of could sustain relegation and kind of keep a strong squad together to to challenge for an immediate return attendance wise. They're hovering kind of around the two thousand mark. so it's not kind of like the swarms of kind of supporters coming through the gates to to kind of prop up a, a big spend, so to speak. So I think this year they are kind of well equipped, but I think this is probably the year that they do need to get promoted. The kind of the financial uh, kind of concerns that they have they they appear to have taken them head on, which from a supporter's point of view, imagine is a good thing that they've kind of they've been open and saying, look, this is how this is how things are, this is what we need. So they're not kind of sleepwalking into it. Eight hundred grand plus haul is uh, is not kind of uh, a nice thing to hear. I imagine if you're a, if you're an Inverness supporter, and it'll be it'll be kind of concerning to hear. But then you say you look at kind of what the figures that Dundee United posted the other day, which I believe was, was something in the region of three point eight million, something like that. Yeah. Um, which kind of that kind of puts it into context. Um, but kind of Inverness haven't kind of got that wealthy backer to. To kind of go with it, they've kind of relied on kind of donations and um, kind of members of the board putting their hands in their pockets. So I think this is this is a big season for them in terms of kind of getting out of the championship and trying to get um, back into the top flight again.
1: It's been a good week for uh, John Robertson. He was inducted into the Scottish Football Hall of Fame this week. What's the kind of general consensus on the job that he's done there? He's in his uh, second spell in charge at the moment.
6: He's, he's he's kind of he's held in really high regard there um, obviously it was a bit of a surprise when he came back um, but I think a lot of supporters were obviously remembered the job he did the first time around and um, obviously getting them promoted um, in kind of a dramatic dramatic way and the kind of the job he's done he had to kind of stabilise quickly he was kind of brought in I think a couple of weeks before the start of pre-season back in 2017 and kind of had to hastily assemble a squad Kind of free agents and trialists, and they only just kind of missed out on on the playoffs that come the end of the season. And I think he's shown kind of a keen eye to to recruit players. Um, they brought kind of guys in, like got Jamie McCarts in after he was released by Celtic, who he kind of probably just needed game time. Um, he's proved a really savvy addition. I don't think anyone kind of expected a turnaround in Cole Donaldson's fortunes when when he came to to Inverness, but he's been a really um, a really solid addition. And even guys like last year. They got um, Tom Walsh from uh, from Dumbarton, and then Jordan White um, used to be at uh, Livingston and, and Dunfermline. Who I think he played every game last season. He's got a, a kind of a real uh, sense of the kind of the level of player that they need. Um, like I said, they were proactive um, in the recruitment this year, and they've brought they brought in players like James Vincent, like Miles Story, who are kind of known quantities to the club, and have kind of played for the club in the in the premiership. John believes this is kind of the, the strongest squad he's had since his since his return to the club and probably presents the best chance of, of them getting back up again.
3: This is the Totally Scottish Football Show with
0: Andrew Slavin and JJ Bull. Jamie's highlighted Dundee United and what what they've recorded. Three point seven million pounds black hole salaries at 133%. Oh, that's, a scary bit, and, that's And it's and it's you know I've got here you know the the sixth highest wage bill in Scotland and they're in the championship. <laughs> I mean it's I, I mean where does it where, where does the government body have to kind of step in and start saying like guys like what are you doing? Well
4: I mean it makes you appreciate how well run some other clubs are but Dundee United I mean they're trying to get back in the top division but it's not as if there's this financial bounty like you get in like in England, for example, a lot of championship clubs and the lower league ones are going out of business now because they've had their wage bill run, at that sort of enormous thing. Huge clubs in the world, I think Barcelona run at like something like 80% turnover yeah. is on wages. something huge like that. I mean, I'm, that's not the exact figure.
0: So. Sure, but it's high. It's always high. Don't take that as a... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, the good thing for the likes of Dundee United, though, compared to Inverness, is that they do have a big money man behind them. Mark Ogren, the American businessman. He's even said himself, you know, he's he's running at a loss now, but you know he's stick he's sticking with them. He he knows that he's got a plan and that he's going to stay with United regardless of if they go up or not. I think. Well, so. the
4: thing if you can get them in that league with that budget, I don't think the players there are they to have to finish sixth in the Premiership just now. They're struggling to get the championship, but that could be because uh, it's a, it's a weird league and you know those lower divisions are quite hard to escape anyway because you just come up against some odd kind of footballers that you wouldn't normally get in higher divisions. If they can get into Premiership and then establish themselves again over the next couple of years, or something like that, Rangers and Celtic are both doing well in Europe. The coefficient will improve, yes, which will give you more of a financial incentive to, to finish in your third and, and fourth.
0: Well, I think I think I think Scotland are on course if they stay as they as they're going. Um, by 21, 22, I think we could have two places for the Champions League.
1: Yeah.
4: That would be absolutely lovely if that were to happen. Just, you just want a group stage guaranteed as well. For, I mean, <laughs>
0: I've got, yeah, that would be the, that would be the icing on the cake. But we, we should move on. There's there's more fixtures to talk about in the Premiership. Two more, in fact, happening on Saturday. And um, we'll start with Motherwell against Livingston. So the Steelman overcame Kilmarnock on Wednesday night. Devante Cole, son of Andy. Um, it's a shame that they're always. <laughs> can't shake their dad's name. Um, he was on the score sheet for the second game in a row. He's doing really well. I like the look of him.
1: Yeah, I, I, he's been great. I thought he took his goal brilliantly yeah. against Rangers. The technique yes. to bring it down and hit it, I do think Alan McGregor could have done better with it. But um, his technique was fantastic. And the the header that he scored as well, was it was just one of those brilliant kind of classic 90s, headers, you know, like a boss. like his father. Oh, much like his dad, yeah. <laughs> but the ball was like fizzed in from across from the left and he just there was no way that he wasn't just absolutely smashing that right into the back of the net. So yeah, yeah I, I think he's starting to look good. There's there's quite a few of the, the summer recruits that I think have taken a little bit of time in Motherwell just to get up to a kind of match fitness. I think uh, he didn't play a huge amount last season. Yeah. But um yeah he's he's looking really good up front and and a good kind of like um focal point to it. I think there's quite a few of the other teams in the in the division um, that I really lack from from a, a front man, I think, that, that's that got that kind of finishing ability of Cole. Um, so, yeah, the, the the more he's kind of uh, in this form, I think it's the better for Motherwell.
4: It's very hard to find a striker that is affordable and willing to come to your club. And then you can, t- I mean, that's what Robinson done with Cole, is taken from lower leagues and turned him into a total goal scorer. It's a similar thing, at, like Cosgrove at Aberdeen, but... Every club needs, I mean, he spent a bit, a bit of money on Christian Doidge and it's not worked just yet. Maybe it'll come good. Uh, Livy have Lyndon Dykes, who has been very good. Yeah. They seem, they, he just suits their style of play because he's absolutely enormously tall. I mean, it's a good matchup, Motherwell Livingston, because Motherwell have been playing nice football, like we've been talking about. Managed to get the win off over Kilmarnock, which is really important, because especially having lost to, like, Aberdeen can be quite a tricky team to play against, quite similar to, I think, Kilmarnock. Uh, not nasty, but just not enjoyable to watch a lot of the time. And getting a win against a team like Kamornik is important because it gives it gives them a bit of momentum going into this game against a Livy team who should be hard to break down. And that's where they'll play. I think Livy will try and push them quite high up the pitch.
1: The only thing that Mother will kind of I think have to figure out is is the consistency and how they play against certain teams. I think it was just as a neutral, it was kind of disappointing to see how they kind of succumbed to Aberdeen, which was pretty much as you predicted like it would do because McInnes knows how to play against those teams. So they they need to learn how to play against those kind of teams and, and just try and find that level of consistency. There's no doubt that they've got a very good squad there now. They seem to be quite happy playing well within themselves. Robinson's got them playing well. So it's just that trying to make it as consistent and make themselves, I think, difficult to beat and make it easier for them to see out games once they get into yes. positions got to keep as you've got to keep well. You've evolving I think because
4: yeah. like any savvy manager now, will will see that mm. what McInnes did against um, Motherwell is you let them keep the ball and then you attack them on the break and you take your chances. That's all you've got to do which I think is exactly what Livingston will try and do. Yeah. Mm. They play quite a high press but they don't go off as a whole block. They, they press with the front players and the rest of them drop behind the ball and then they try and win it back. But Motherwell will find this as they go forward for the rest of the season, that teams will now respect them a lot more and think they they, they can really play and pass this ball about. So let's just let them do that and,
1: and hit them. I do fancy Motherwell for this one. I think I've said that most weeks, though, and uh, <laughs> they've, they've always kind of like dropped points. But I, no, I, I think so. I think they'll just have too much. I think, um, yeah, Livingston's away form isn't brilliant, and I just think Motherwell will have too much. They seem to be in a good run of things at the moment.
0: And finally, Hamilton versus Ross County. I'm keeping this voiceover theme going. Do you like it? <laughs> Is that how you did the, the voice? Something no, I didn't. That? I gave it a bit of X factor. But anyway, um, Ross County announced themselves on the Premiership stage by hammering Hamilton 3 0 on the opening day of the campaign. You could argue that's probably been the peak of their season so far. But the Staggies are nicely tucked away in mid table, exactly where they want to be. They're not hurting anyone at the top. They're not. They're just staying out of danger. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they are. That's a fact. Can't argue with it. <laughs> Thanks very much.
4: So, having watched Hamilton in the last few weeks, specifically on the game again, on Wednesday, they are good for where they are. Like they can do certain things well, and they don't have hugely talented players. I think George Oakley's done really well up up top. I think uh, Lewis Smith has been really decent for them. Like you know, they've had they've replaced players. They've uh, they've brought in new ones in the summer team seems to come together. Brown Rice has uh, got away with... Well, no, he's not got away. He stopped trying to do this all-expensive Hamilton ball in and in play out. They're just doing what Hamilton do, which is surviving. Ross County will probably fancy having a wee go, but that's exactly what Hamilton want them to do so they can hit them quickly. Like... Some of the goals Hamilton scored this season have just been like launching it towards someone who takes it down and then they finish it off.
0: Well, yeah, the the Mikael Miller goal from last Saturday against St Johnston, I think, it sticks out in my mind when it was just. <laughs> but the thing is, like that wasn't you, you kind of suggest that they've scored kind of ugly goals. That was actually a really nice goal. Miller but actually took it down, passed it, and, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, really, really good. I, quite I mean, like
4: Smith and, uh, and Miller and uh, I think even I think. Oakley's actually quite, he's all right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's decent. Other than the 5-0 hammering from Rangers, Hamilton have been in every game they've played
1: this season. Even against Celtic, Celtic only beat them 1-0. Do we see this game being decided by maybe one goal? Again, this is the impossible one to call. I just, whenever Hamilton's playing, it's like spin the wheel. It could be anything, it could be 0-0, it could be 6-0 to one of the teams, you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think Ross County can be a little bit unpredictable as well. Is is Is
0: it harder coming off of like a really bad defeat like Ross County nah. are against Rangers I don't think you can Do read
1: you into those games because everyone's going to get pumped by those two teams
0: like they're, they're so
4: much better than yeah, the rest they of the are.
1: I would say Ross County couldn't match up to Rangers in a footballing sense but they weren't abject like they still had structure they still they, they, they could try and defend stuff I think they're they have a system I think they'll probably finish actually just uh, the, the, near the top bit of the bottom six if that makes sense but these are the kind of games I think if Ross County have kind of got designs on, on trying to finish as high as they can these are the kind of matches that they'll, they'll want to be taking points from but equally I think Hamilton will be looking at this thinking right okay this is this is what's going to help us to that 10th place finish that See, we're going to get against
0: think, yeah the 10th place finish which <laughs> they will be forever yeah
4: I think i take of points of teams you don't expect it but I sort of expect them to get something off Ross County which means they won't which means they will then <laughs> they
0: will then get they only take points off teams when we think they don't have a chance. Yeah. That's all we've got time for. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, Finn. And thanks to producer Charlie because he's so special. You're
4: Finally thanking him, are you?
0: Yeah. For I, all this time. I think it's been it's, it's about time we give him some credit. I always thank Charlie. You <laughs> notice that? Not not on this show, you don't. Uh, when i posted hosted at I house, I say thanks to Charlie. All right. Okay. Well.
4: But now you have, and I think that's important. To agree. <laughs>
0: well thank you for listening most importantly um, because you're more important than any of us we'll be back next Friday morning after another massive Europa
1: League night so we'll see you then you've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show a Muddy Knees Media production for sales and advertising please email sales at muddynewsmedia.com. keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at the Totally Show on Twitter and make sure you check out our brand new website too thetotallyfootballshow.com